2: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet
0: with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Beckton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings were... that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis. Wide open. Davis still going. And he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's that's <laughs> the q Oh, my
3: gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And it is time to get all the latest buzz Going on around the Jets and the NFL With our friend, the co-founder At U-Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano Nick, what's going on, buddy? Two weeks, dude we're almost there. <laughs> it's right. Two weeks and the NFL draft will be upon us. We've been waiting for this for quite a while. And one of the things that we just found out, courtesy of your report over at U Stadium, is a list of people that the Jets have been looking at. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean anything because there are guys that aren't on this list that they could potentially draft. but. It means that there's a significant level of interest. Earlier in the week, you identified Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, and Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma, as two guys that the Jets really, really like. I think plenty of Jets fans would be over the moon if they could get Jenkins at 23 and Humphrey at 34 I would imagine Joe Douglas would like that as well but you've got a lot of other guys on this list that you just put out so talk to me about who the Jets have been inquiring about and really focusing on as we head into the draft two weeks from now
4: yeah I mean what it does is like you said you said it you said it right Is doesn't mean that they're drafting these guys it doesn't mean that guys on this list they haven't spoken to or won't draft. It just means, you know, these were some a good chunk list of players that I was able to at least confirm that uh, that just have spoken to, whether it was at the senior bowl, you know, dating all the way back to January through uh, pro days, through just virtual, you know, zoom meetings and stuff. So it's just a, a pretty large group. I would say probably like 40 names of guys that have been kind of just putting together over the past few weeks and was able to just kind of I guess, give up on it and be like, Hey, all right, I'm not trying to knock on any more doors and see who I left off. Let me just throw this out there. And um, if any more comes along, you know, we'll throw it up, but um, it gives, you know, given the uh, you know, scouts or, you know, amateur scouts or, you know, fans a, a list of some names to kind of look into a little bit further now. So we got two weeks and I'm sure everybody's kind of all filmed out and all, you know, talked out about the draft and the process and have kind of gone over the same names already. So this gives you a few more that maybe you haven't kind of looked into. Like, I know the running back market, the Jets are all over. You know, they've interest a lot of interest in UNC's Michael Carter, they really like, Uh, Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech, they really like, Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State. So, you know, it's obvious that they're looking to that second and third tier running back. You know, they've spoken with Harris at the senior bowl. Spoken with ETN twice, um, but it's obvious that they're really in that second tier. And same goes with the wide receivers. Um, spoke with Devonta Smith at the Senior Bowl. Um, Has spoken more recently to Kadarius Tony and Rondell Moore. So that's something to keep your eye on. I don't know if that's twenty three or thirty four. Um, but then the second tier of guys: Frank Darby, Anthony Schwartz, uh, Amari Rogers, and you know, obviously the offensive line they're they're really active on is Reed Humphrey. They love Tevin Jenkins. Um, someone I spoke with at the Jets said, without saying that, basically he's he's their number one offensive line target. So I wouldn't be shocked if they traded up a few spots. You know, maybe from twenty three to I don't know eighteen. I don't even know who's picking eighteen. I'd have to kind of look, but because um, there is a a, a run of teams who could be in the market for an offensive tackle from about like 16 to 22, where the Titans pick. So, um, if if you if you know you find that he falls to 23, I'm sure the Jets would run that pick up. But uh, maybe they do move up a few picks to to get Jenkins, um, or you know maybe if he goes, they move down a few picks from 23. Uh, and kind of target Creed Humphrey, who they, who they like as well, who's obviously a a more interior player who I don't think would start at center right away. You know, maybe they would play him at guard and let, uh, what's his name (laughs) blank right now? Um, McGovern, (laughs) let McGovern play center this year, at least give him a shot They're They're more excited about him in this new offense um, than the current junk that he played in last year. So uh, Humphrey would probably start inside there and then move to center if, mcgovern doesn't pan out or you know if they just want to move on from him next year um, but jenkins is someone who can definitely play guard this year and then decide what they want to do with Stanton and then you could have your bookend t- tackles and beckton and jenkins you know at, at a cheap rate for the next three four years i mean you could do a whole lot worse than that i mean those two guys are mean they're maulers they're good locker room guys so uh i think that would be a slam dunk for the jets at 23 if jenkins is there and maybe they do move up a few picks so um, there's also some solid defensive players like the cornerbacks, uh, Greg Newsom. they've met with a few times, Trill Williams from Syracuse, Elijah Molden, who's more of that inside slot kind of corner. Um, and then the few edge players are, are really kind of the, which I'm not surprised. I don't think they're going to target an edge guy early in the draft. I mean, unless someone falls again to like 34, uh, like off the top of my head, Jalen Phillips or Aziz Ojalari um, I would still be surprised if they went with an edge guy over offensive line and corner. But again, it's, I don't think they're really putting that position need position of need ahead of best player available at 23 and 34. So um, I would still be surprised. It seems on the edge, just based on some of the names that they've talked to, Jonathan Cooper, uh, Ellerson Smith, uh, Max Roberts, these are these are late brown guys. So maybe they'll just look to kind of add some depth. But what is interesting to me is, the names on the interior D line who they've, you know, it seems like they really like Darius stills from West Virginia. They've met with him two or three times. So he's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, you know, there's some, there's some kind of second tier interior D lineman, which, I mean, if there's one position, the Jets probably don't need to dress right now. it's, It's that position. Um, but for whatever reason, they're kind of sniffing around that market. So I'm not sure what that tells you, but, um, yeah, you, know, you could you could check out the rest of the list on the U Stadium app. We just posted it up. We threw it on our Twitter so you can uh, see it there. But no surprise, running back, receiver, offensive line, and corner is kind of the, the heaviest
3: uh, of interest to the Jets. Full list up at U Stadium. Also, Nick, speaking of U Stadium, you guys did some chats tonight. One of them was with Michael Carter's teammate, Javante Williams, the other running back in that backfield. The other, Anthony Schwartz, who we talked about from Auburn. As you said to me before we started recording, he could be a really interesting Robbie Anderson replacement. A lot of the same traits, especially the speed. Jets seemed very interested there. Javante Williams didn't hint one way or the other, very close to the vest, but Anthony Schwartz very open with you and Frank over at U Stadium on timeout. That the Jets have been poking around a lot And I don't know if it's going to happen or not But it sounds like he's very much in the mix for them Somewhere in those mid-rounds if he's there when they pick
4: Yeah, man And, and we just we, we spoke with him two hours ago And you can listen to the whole thing We, again, posted on the app Posted on Twitter, on the YouTube uh, Such a likable dude I mean, such a cool story, too Track star Insanely fast Um really competitive like he's you know super confident in himself and his speed i mean he said there's nobody in the nfl or in college who's as fast as him trying to set up a a race with uh, to do a 40-yard dash with uh uh from kansas city geez i'm like shot tonight uh (laughs) (laughs) uh a kill um trying to set a race up with him and you know his four two six was the, the quickest that was uh, clocked officially at a workout. Um, he said in his track days, he's run uh, definitely faster than that. So, I mean, there'd be like a four two two, four two three? who knows. But, I mean, put the tape on, he just the, the, the speed just, like, runs off the screen. Um, you know, it needs to work on tracking the ball a little bit, but which is funny, it, it was kind of very similar, to, like a Robbie Anderson and a Will Fuller. That was a little bit of a weakness for them, and it's something, you know, with experience playing the position – um, you know, you get over, you, you can develop over time. And I think a guy like Schwartz is a perfect, if he's there in day three, um, you know, maybe early in the fourth round or maybe even with the late third round if you can get a guy like him, that's what the Jets are missing, that pure speed, uh, to take the top off of the defense or somebody who can get the ball in space and just let them run, um, said the jets and the 49ers are one of the two two teams he's interested in no no surprise obviously with the the system uh familiarity between both of those two teams um and he's just you know a really cool dude down to earth polite you know it's a guy you really root for and has a cool story too with his track day so I, i definitely recommend checking out the interview checking out some of his documentaries he has on youtube and stuff and um it seems like the jets are very interested in him he told me you know twice when i asked him about some teams that are interested he said the jets first without me i don't even think he knew i was a jet fan so um was cool to hear that i think he mentioned about four or five teams that has he's spoken to at least twice jets 49ers bears vikings rams i believe so um I think Mel Kiper had him going as early as late second round. I don't know if he goes there. I think that third round is a sweet spot for him, and, and it depends. You know, I said on on timeout, you know, with you stadium today is it depends on where this run of receivers go and how um, quickly they get they get taken off the board, right? You know, so if you know the top three guys we know are going to go in the first twelve picks, you know, Chase Waddle and Smith. But how soon do Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, um, Terrace uh, Terrace Marshall? How soon do they go? Do they all go in the first round? If so, that bumps Schwartz possibly into the bottom of the second. Right. Right. So it really depends on how how often and how fast these guys go. You know. But if you have a few of those guys lasting to the mid second round, which you had last year with. You know the Jets being able to grab Denzel Mims at fifty-two, I believe. You know, late in the second round, that happens this year. You have Schwartz probably sitting there at the end of the third, early fourth. So, um, he's somebody that the league likes a lot. Uh, they think he's going to develop better in the NFL than he did at Auburn, because um, the stats aren't really, you know, they don't wow you. Uh, nothing to really write home about. No double-digit touchdowns. You know, I think like 600, 700 yards was max for him. But um, he's definitely got that speed that you can't coach. And he's super competitive and confident. You love to see that. It's not, it's not even a cockiness. Like when you talk to him, you're not like, oh, this dude rubbing me the wrong way. He thinks he's hot shit. It's a very humble confidence, if that makes sense. So, uh, a very likable guy. Um, I would definitely suggest checking out the interview with him and. You know, hopefully he ends up with the Jets and you guys can hear him on play like a Jets.
3: I would love to have him in the fold with the Jets. So hopefully they find a way to make that happen, because as you and I were talking about before we started recording, he's sort of that one piece that they don't have in the receiving core at the moment. The big fast guy That's what they've been lacking Mm -hmm. since Robbie Anderson left Perriman sort of filled that role last year But he was banged up And not exactly what they needed long term Schwartz could potentially be that guy So I'd like to see if they could snag him Maybe with that Seattle pick in the third Or even early in the fourth round And obviously if the Jets do grab him We gotta get him on, play like a jet I want to ask you about Everybody trying to make something out of this pro day With Justin Fields and the fact that Jets sent representatives By the way, we thought that Douglas was going And it turned out he didn't So Mm -hmm. I said, well, that pretty much puts that fire out If Joe Douglas wasn't there, then there's really nothing to see here People said, but they still sent people So I don't understand why they would send people If they've already made up their mind Due diligence is due diligence We've still got a few weeks before the draft And this is literally what these guys do for a living As the saying goes, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, and that's what it seems like to me. People are just looking for something that's not
4: there. It's such a long, drawn-out period, and this one seems even longer. I think maybe because we didn't have the combine, where everybody's still like home and not going out in public with this virus, it seems just won't go away. and um, All we're here doing is scrolling through Twitter and looking for more and more information, but I feel like this draft period has been longer and drawn-out, and it has had... More real or fake news than ever before. Um, so I think you have the people who really want Zach Wilson, or are those you know battered Jet fans who are looking for negative reasons to tell themselves that they're going to be let down, and then you have those who want Justin Fields who are looking for any bit of positive news to kind of hold on to the hope that the Jets draft Justin Fields. But look, nothing's changed in terms of what the Jets are expected to do I mean the NFL draft is the NFL draft nothing set in stone um, so I'm not going to like say 100% that it's it's Wilson but I mean if you're I'm almost as sure of of anything you can be during this period of time like draft period um, that Wilson is going to be a jet regardless and you know the, the field thing was and I had a few people trying to like play gotcha on Twitter because I said I doubt the Jets will be at this pro day um, and I didn't have any inside information about that. I was just basing it on, I guess, kind of the conversation I had with um, a source with the Jets, and also just like, why would they send, you know, anybody there? And um, when it was reported, I think Albert Breer said that the Jets were going to have someone there. People were like, "Oh, it's what you said." I was like, "Look, I didn't report it. If I re- if we reported it, you'd know we re- we reported it." And look, it turned out Douglas Sala and Lafleur weren't there, and. You know, according to some other people who were there, they, they had other players besides fields working out. I think Sean Wade, a um, guy who's been in the news for having a terrible 2020 season, um, seen his drop, the draft stock drop dramatically. Um, you know, he was working out, so maybe the Jets sent a representative to kind of get an eye on him and, uh, you know, diligence, like you said. I mean, it's, uh, it's a term we're, we're just tired of at this point, but it turns out, there really just wasn't you know none of the main reps were there and um i think we can put that one to bed for sure like you said and yeah i think hopefully in two weeks just is you know we could stop talking about this what if game and then just kind of move on and focus on the 23rd pick lucky land casino asking people what's the
0: weirdest place you've gotten lucky
2: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office
3: play like a jet play like a jet Nick visits. there was a report earlier this week and I'm not going to say the guy's name because I don't really want to give him that kind of attention but what he did say was that the Jets turned down a first round pick from the San Francisco 49ers for Sam Darnold earlier in the process before they were 100% sure of which direction they wanted to go now You and I have talked a lot about this, and you said it here first on the show that the 49ers were most aggressive and that they were the only ones that had made a concrete offer early on. When I heard first round pick, I thought, okay, maybe it's something where they could have offered a 2022 first rounder for Darnold and something else, or maybe it would have been a second rounder that could have become a first rounder. If it was true, because remember, the guy didn't say they offered the 12th overall pick. I think everybody would have thought that was absolutely ridiculous. This kind of goes along with what Albert Breer reported in his tremendous piece over at SI, which if you haven't read it yet, it's great. He talked to Joe Douglas, got a bunch of the details, even got him on record about how the Sam Darnold trade came about. But the San Francisco 49ers to me, had to be the team that Brewer identified as the one that made an offer in the ballpark of what they would be looking for. But Douglas at the time said, not right now, because we have to figure out exactly what we want to do. So if the 49ers were that team, it's possible that this guy who's claiming that it was a first-round pick that was offered is right about the team, but maybe wrong about the compensation Again, at most I would have thought perhaps a next year's first that was either conditional or it was Darnold and a second for a next year's first or something like that. But from talking to you, it sounds like it wasn't even that much. It was just straight up not the case that a first-rounder was involved in any way, shape, or form here.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can't stress enough that a first-round pick this year, next year, 2040, was never offered for Darnold. Not by the Niners, not by Washington, obviously not by the Panthers. Uh, never happened. Um, yeah, the 49ers were, as you know, we, we talked about, were one of the most aggressive teams at a point. It almost seemed like it was going to happen. And then there was Washington, and then later in the game it was Carolina. And like you said, the Breer article is awesome. It kind of goes through the timeline and actually lines up almost identically to what I was told um, and what we were reporting kind of the timeline of the Darnold conversation. Um, If you don't want to believe, you know, what we're saying about the first round pick, simply just go and read the fact that the 49ers were hot for Stafford and they weren't even offering a first round pick for him. So they weren't willing to part with that first round pick for Matt Stafford, who went for two ones and, you know, granted future picks, um, Jared Goff, those draft picks, they weren't willing to add the 12th overall pick this year. Him. So, why would they offer that for Sam Darnold? It didn't happen. Uh, my thought was yes, there was an offer made by the Niners. My thought is was the third rounder this year and a later, you know, fourth or fifth conditional next year. Um, and I don't think the Jets and 49ers were really ever close on a Darnold trade. Um, they were definitely interested in him, they wanted him, um, but I don't think it ever came down to even like a second round pick this year that the 49ers just weren't, you know, they weren't interested in moving any of those early picks. Um, I don't think they plan on picking 12, uh, and what is it in the fifth, you know, second round about 40, 38 or I don't even know 42. Um, I don't think they plan on picking there anymore. So they wanted to maximize, you know, their ability to land two top 50 players this year. Um, so the Darnold for first-round pick to the Niners is absolutely not true. Um, if, if you want to say that maybe a second-round pick was offered, I could buy it. But you know, when I checked in with you know, someone we know at the Jets, they said that person needs new sources. So that was basically the, <laughs> all the denial that we needed. Um, there was no first-round offer ever made for him, and um, said person needs new
3: sources. You heard it, new sources I'm not going to say this guy's name But whatever his name is, go get new sources right now Nick Spano, (laughs) co-founder at U-Stadium Thanks so much for coming, on. really appreciate it If anybody wants to go and check out the interview That you and Frank did on timeout with U-Stadium With both Anthony Schwartz and Javante Williams Both players that the Jets could target in the draft Obviously we know that they've already talked to Anthony Schwartz a bunch of times You can check that out now and stay up to date with everything, including the list that we talked about earlier of players that the Jets have shown interest in. That's all available for you. If you download the U stadium app, right?
4: Yes, sir. Download the U stadium app and turn those notifications on.
3: Download the app, turn on the notifications, and also make sure that you visit playlikeajet.com. A lot of great stuff over there right now. Jim Garrity did a fun flowchart of his thoughts about what the Jets should do after the number two overall pick. I thought it was a creative way to show what his thought process was. Also, we've got some great content on our YouTube channel, Play Like a Jet Live Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m., you know that you can find it in conjunction with U-Stadium. But if you just can't get enough of Luke Grant, he's been doing some awesome mini film breakdowns. We've got one on Tevin Jenkins. Greg Newsom, there's a couple of others coming your way as well, plus Kayla Pace has Pace's playbook, brand new commentary, she's going to have a new one coming up soon as well, so make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel visit playlikeajet.com and go ahead and give us a 5 star review on iTunes if you haven't done that yet it's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing, doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out so if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful, and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content Content, you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play dot com
0: hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low